It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, this is Jennifer Jones, and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. here with the great Jennifer Jones. Jennifer, my very first question for you is it's 2022. How scared or nervous are you of COVID? I think right now COVID's definitely on top of mind because if we were somehow to get COVID right now, it would be very challenging to to go to the Olympics. So we are avoiding everybody and anything we can so that we can get on that plane and hopefully arrive in Beijing with a, a negative COVID test. Yeah, I, I want to ask you too because I read earlier from an article that like it's pretty much kind of like you're locked down in home. And when I re- when I read that, I was like, that kind of feels like you have like an ankle bracelet to your leg, where it's almost like in my mind, if Team Canada or Canada curling's like, all right, she stepped outside the house, make sure she's back in like five minutes. It's like, all right, Jen, where are you going? It's like I'm going grocery shop. No, someone will do that for you. Please, please do not step outside your house. <laughs> It's not like, I mean, it's not like that. It's just that, you know, we've made a conscious decision as a team and in consult- consultation with Curling Canada and the doctors of the COC that we're really not seeing anybody. We're trying to get groceries delivered and really just we're going to the curling club right now. Actually, in Ontario, all the curling clubs are locked down. So we're the only ones in the club. If they do happen to open up before we go to the Olympics, we'll just go really early in the morning before it opens and just really make sure that we can kind of eliminate as many risks as we can because it's for us, there's a lot on the line. Like if we were to get COVID, I mean, it impacts our entire team and obviously the Olympic dream could come to an end. So we're, we're trying to be as cautious as we can. And my family has been super supportive and kind of lived the isolating life uh, with me. So I do have my, my kids and, and Brent here as well. And we're, we're making the most of it, you know, camping out in the, in the living room sometimes having movie nights just trying to trying to make it as exciting as we can so like you mentioned about the curling club that's open like when you go into practice what kind of things are you like practicing are you looking at like certain shots that you're like okay these are ones i'm a little bit uncomfortable with but i'm gonna try this or is it just more or less just prep it's more or less just prep. Like we'll have a plan going into each practice as to what we'll want to work on. Like the girls may want to work on sweeping or, you know, we may be doing a technical practice where we really focus on line of delivery and release and all of that. And sometimes it's more shot oriented. So it really depends on the day, but we're feeling really good about practice and our plan. And the ice has been fantastic. The ice makers just so amazing to work with. He just wants to make the ice as good as he possibly can for us. And I mean, what more could you ask for? So he's going above and beyond and we have really good training conditions. So we're feeling pretty good despite um, obviously it being a little bit complicated. No, that's that's fair. I mean, my, my biggest thing when I was doing a little bit of research, because I tell people on this podcast, it's like, I know a little bit about you, but not everything. Because if I know everything, it's like, why? what's the purpose? Yeah. It's like, yeah, someone's like, all right, I heard that story. It's like, but you didn't hear it from me. It's like, yeah, but I read it. Um, but <laughs> I was keep I, everything you read too. I it, that that is true. That's yes. true. There are people out there that still think that I'm like Brian Tobin's, like the premier of Newfoundland's son. I'm like, can can you stop? Can you let it be? <laughs> uh, but I I want to ask you because doing a little bit of research, like you were kind of classified as a shy kid. So to me, it's interesting to see a shy kid be a curler. And yelling hard. I'm just like, wouldn't that be kind of like, excuse me, guys, I don't want to be like in your face or anything. Can you go a little bit harder? Like I'm a little bit shy over here. But like, tell me a little bit about like how you kind of overcame shyness, because it feels like in sports, there's always like the one person that's like not going to be communicative. But in your role, you have to be that kind of leader and a communicator. Yeah, I think sports in general help me. I played every sport like baseball, volleyball, basketball track and field. I was, I, I love them all. I curling was really where I felt most at home. I grew up at the curling club. My parents were super involved in our curling club. So it just was a place where I felt super safe and comfortable. And I watched my parents curl since I was a little kid. So I understood the game and I, I just couldn't wait to step on the ice and really participate. And I, I think curling was meant 
for like me in a sense that because I was a little bit shy, skipping was perfect because you still have your own a little alone yeah. time, but you're still a part of a, a of a team. And I really think that sports it helped me gain confidence. It helped me even in my career gain confidence as a lawyer and like just really come out of my shell and find my place. And that's why I always talk about it because I want every shy kid out there to know that if you just find your passion, if you find something that you love, that you feel comfortable doing, it could change your life forever. Like it can make you feel so safe and so at home that you can just feel at peace and just really kind of accept yourself and feel comfortable in your own shoes, which is sometimes a little bit more challenging and easier said than done. So I try to talk about that a lot because it really did change my life. And like now I can go and give a speech to thousands and thousands of people and it doesn't bother me, which I couldn't say when I was young for sure. Yeah. I always feel like when I was younger, I was never like, I always admired a class clown, even though like, cause sometimes it's like, all right, we get it. Like you don't understand what we're doing, but you want to get a joke. That's fine with me. But I always kind of admired it where it's like, you're literally overtaking a class with a joke or a comment and they like love you for it. And I was just a, like, I'm super shy. I don't want to talk. If someone knows me, they got to get to know me. But then when it was like public speaking, I could get up in front of like a, gr- a group of adults, whatever. And I'd finish like top one or two. But then after like it's over, I'm like, okay, can you not talk to me for a bit? They're like, I don't understand you. You just spoke to 500 people and now you want me to shut up because it's me and you. I'm like, yeah, well, it's different. It was planned. This is not planned. But yeah, I find a comfort zone is communication, podcasting for sure. That's where I kind of find a niche. And I think it's important to find something you're comfortable with or a niche. With that being said, I know I'm wearing, this is like the only kind of Canada thing I had. So I know it's hockey related, but I'm like, at least I think she'll admire that I'm at least Yes. making the attempt. Uh, yes, I love it. Love yeah. it. Go Canada, go. Yeah, <laughs> did, patriotism. Did your, love did, it. Uh, did your parents, uh, Larry or Carol, really kind of force you in any way of curling? Because I know hockey parents are kind of like, if if my kid doesn't learn how to skate by five, I swear to God. Were they like yelling at you and say like, yell harder. Come on, Jen. No, I grew up in the most supportive environment where we could do whatever we wanted to try. Like they were super supportive and whether that would be sports or anything else they they just supported my sister and I in everything that we wanted to to try and they were at every game at every practice but my dad was super outgoing which is crazy because I was like not and he was very very active until until the last days of his life very active at the curling club and it was our second home when I say that it was literally our second home like we had every major event there. Like we, I met Santa Claus for the first time at the St. Vitale Curling Club oh, really? and my daycare was at the, at the club and just so many life memories were there. We grew up there. So I grew up watching curling, loving curling. Um, Sunday night dinners always had like the blue Jays on. <laughs> like we, it was a sports house, but curling was always a part of it. And it was me begging him to ask the junior program to allow me to start early. Like back, oh, wow. back then, like they didn't let us start till we were around 13 and they finally let me start earlier. And after me, like begging every day, every day, and it was me poking him in the arm to wake him up on Sunday mornings to say, come in out and practice with me and never the other way around. And, and I don't know if they would have, I mean, we did kind of for not force my sister, but encourage my sister to come with us. But uh, it was never like, oh, we love curling. You have to play. It was definitely just whatever we, we love to do. And, but they were, they were our number one fans and everything in life really. So I can't, and that's what I'm trying to do with, with our girls and just make sure that they know that we're there no matter what they choose. And I haven't even got them in curling yet because I want them to try other things because yeah. curling will, will be there and they have two parents that know a couple of things about curling so we can help them as they get older. And now's the time to try other things. And right now it's actually exceptionally hard to try anything. So, yeah. you know, we just, I just want them to experience all the amazing things that life can offer and then pick the one that gives them the most joy. It's funny when you mention that, cause like, obviously you want your kids to kind of pick their path of what their interest is. Sometimes it's, a, I, I don't feel like sometimes to force them, is it can be somewhat helpful because it's like all right like you might like this but if you don't just don't force it but i have two brothers that played hockey loved hockey family that loves hockey 
never into it. They would bring me down to like games when I was five and I would rather play with like my toy wrestlers for like five minutes and then run around the rink. And I'm like, this is great. And I'm like, and then like, no, you're not coming anymore. I'm like, why? It's like, because they're playing and you're a distraction. You're just running around. I'm like, fair enough. But I think it's interesting that it was actually your volleyball coach that kind of made you, I guess, decide like whether you're going to do volleyball or curling. And it's weird to me because in a world you'd think he'd be like, well, she's a good volleyball player. We want her in volleyball. But he was kind of like, you're, you're good at curling. Like you want to, you want to give that a shot? <laughs> no, it wasn't like that. It was more, I had to choose. Cause it got to a point, I think as you get older, you either, you can't do both because you're going to miss practices. You're going to miss games. And, and for me, it was just, I just loved curling so much that it was, it was an easy decision for me. And there back then there was no like university scholarships for curling or anything like that. Like it was strictly a love of the game. And I didn't even have these, I wanted to be successful. Like I put everything into everything I, I do, but it really wasn't about like, I didn't have all these aspirations and, you know, I want to win a world championship or anything like that. I just really, I wanted to play in one Scotties. That was my, <laughs> and, and then it happened and I thought, Oh, it can't get any better than this. And, and I thought that was the dream for me. It was just always, and it always has been, and it will always be until I stop playing really for the love of the game. Like I truly love playing and I love being a part of just an incredible team. Like I've never lost that feeling of trying to be out the best in your teammates and being a part of this family that, you know, it's like, you'll do anything for them. And I like, I got all these extra sisters because of, because of curling. And I think that's why we've had success for a long period of time is because it's never been about the win or the loss, but always just the love of it. And so even in a loss, there's joy. And we've always had a ton of joy and a ton of fun and a ton of gratitude. And so it's hard to walk away from that. Yeah, no, I, I think that's interesting because we've actually spoken to one of your extended sisters. We had Jill Officer on not that long ago. And I was like, Jill, like, do you know who Jennifer Jones is? And she was like, yeah, I've, I've heard of her. And I was like, oh, that's that's good. But like you have a, uh, I guess, a relationship with her like way, way back, like from when you were probably like, I guess, kids, because I think she had mentioned that you approached her to join her club. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting because when I'm like, say, 10 or 11 or 12, I'm not thinking of like, yeah, there's a good bowler or a good soccer player. But in my mind, I'm not thinking like a long term goal of like, I want to want to keep this person around forever. I'm just kind of like, all right, let's just go through the motions. If you work out, you work out. But it's turned into, like you said, like an extended sister. Oh, for sure. Like and her parents, they're like parent parents <laughs> to me. And like, I love, I love the, I love them to death. And, and even when Jill stopped playing with us, cause she took a step back, like th that relationship will never, ever change. Like I know that if I needed something at four in the morning and I phoned Jill, she'd be on the first plane <laughs> or whatever it would be. And I know she, she knows the exact same about me and it, it's like your family forever. And that's always been kind of how like for the, t for, for Caitlin and Dawn and Jocelyn, like, and Jill, like, and, and our coaches, like, it's always been this incredible experience. And I, I, I like to think that they know that I would do absolutely <laughs> anything for them. Cause I truly would. And, and I really believe that that's kind of, a I don't know, extra points on the scoreboard sometimes, because we go yeah. out there and we're, we're going to have fun regardless. And you don't necessarily feel the pressure of the magnitude of the event maybe, or the game that you're in or the shot that you're in. So it's been a fun ride. Like I, it feels like yesterday that I talked to Jill behind the Coke machine at the curling club and said, do you want to, you want to curl together? Yeah. <laughs> I've always been a planner. So, yeah. I, you know, it feels like yesterday that that happened and it's been a, a long, long time now. Well, I, I think from now I could be a little bit off on this because obviously things change due to COVID and stuff, but I believe she's going to Beijing as well to be like, a, I think it was like an advisor or some like a committee. But I mean, give her a call at 4 a.m., make that point. Just be like, hey, I said this on a podcast that I call you like anytime something's up and I want to be proven correctly here. <laughs> I actually just talked to her the other day. We were just uh, just chatting at catching up and yeah, she's going over soon. She's going over before us and she's really excited about it. She loves the Olympics and what it represents. And I don't think she's going to be in our village for the first little while, but I know she comes later. So I'm sure we'll, we'll have a tea together and uh, <laughs> say hi, but she's one of my best friends and she's going to be one of my best friends forever. But I never think of her as a best friend. Cause I always think of her like a sister and 
I just, yeah, love her to death and so grateful that we got to experience so many life-changing moments together. I think it's kind of because we mentioned this in her episode and I, I mean, we kind of hop all over the place. I had asked her and there are people out there now that are like, really, you're going to ask her this question. But it's like, Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I said to her, like 2014, when you go to Sochi, it's like your first Olympics, you know, you come home with gold, go undefeated. I think it's like the first team in Manitoba curling to do so as well, to come back with gold. And I was interested because I asked her and then people were like, why would you say that? And I'm like, well, it's my show. It's like, I can ask. And if they get mad, they get mad. But like, I asked her like 2010, it was in Vancouver. And like, that's at home. Now, obviously, Sochi, your first one, like I asked her, if you had your time back, would you change it? And she's like, no, because look at the outcome. But like, it's in Vancouver, it's in Canada. And like she said, we, it was just like not going well. It was just getting rockier and rockier. But like, when you look back at it, are you happy? Like, obviously you're happy for 2014, but 2010, just say 2014 isn't happened yet. Did it sting? Like, was it a little bit hard to digest because it was here in Canada for the Olympics? Yeah, obviously. And and heading into those trials, we were actually, I think we were ranked number one in the world. Like it wasn't like we were, you know, kind of a hopeful, like we were definitely one of the favorites at those trials and we just didn't perform very well. But I think everything happens as part of the greater picture. And those trials taught us, I, I believe, how to win. So we understood what not to do. And obviously our performance at those the trials heading into Vancouver was not our best performance. And after that, we sat down and just tried to figure out, okay, what can we do different? And we figured out what to do different. And then we went and played in the next trials and probably played better than we've ever played. And then we went and played at the Olympics and we played as well or better than we've ever played. So at the biggest event of our lives. So no, I wouldn't change a thing. And as much as it would have been incredible to play at home in front of a Canadian crowd, Sochi was an Olympics of a lifetime. Like they, they spared no expense or (laughs) some people, I don't know who it was, spared no expense. We got to, we really soaked up the Olympic experience because we could, all the venues were so close. We got to watch so many events and meet so many different people. And like the NHL guys were there, which was fun to you know, all these people that you look up to and cheer for on TV and you get to hang out and be teammates with them. So I got to go to Vancouver as a reporter. Oh, nice. I got to experience the Vancouver games. Would have loved to have been on the ice. Don't get me wrong, but you can't change the past. And I believe that the past has contributed to what happened now. So I wouldn't change a thing. I want to ask you too, because now 2014, obviously winning gold and now we're going back to 2022. Like in that span now, I've, I've mentioned this to Brad in past interviews, maybe three years ago when he was just trying to get back to the Olympics. Now his was a big, big span, but like, I want to ask, like, has there things that have changed? Like has the, cause obviously your first one, you're super pumped and excited to go. Like the second one, I feel like just as exciting, but like, have there been a few things where you're like, not, maybe not as nervous about, or maybe like a little bit more prepped. Well, I guess you know what to expect a little bit more. Cause you've been there. But I feel like we had a pretty good sense going into Sochi as much as, and people would sit, try to sit you down and try to prepare you. And we really went in with our own <laughs> perspective and our own kind of philosophy on how we wanted to experience the Olympics. And it was not really what people recommended in terms of like, we went to so many events and we were cheering on everybody we could. And, uh, and I, I think for us, that's how we wanted our Olympic experience to be. So I don't think you necessarily need experience, but it does help. We know what to expect. But what's incredible about our team is that everybody's been to the games except for Jocelyn. So we get the experience of going to the Olympics from from so many of our players. But in the same breath, we get to go to the Olympics for the first time through Jocelyn's eyes. So it's almost like this amazing, perfect little present all wrapped up because I don't think that we would have any lack of excitement, but I'm just so thrilled that Jocelyn gets to go. And like, I mean, we say all the time, we're going to the Olympics, like there's COVID going on. There's all these kind of external challenges, but we've never lost sight of how grateful we are that we're going to the Olympics and we get to wear the the maple leaf and we get to have clothes on with the Olympic rings on them. Like it's crazy. Who gets to do that? So we're, it's awesome. Like, and I'm as excited or even more excited now than I was eight years ago. So I, I, I definitely doesn't lose any of its pizzazz. That's for sure. It's, it's a very, very once in a lifetime, we've gotten to go a couple of times moment that you truly don't forget. I feel like Jocelyn, like obviously has 
again, excitement for the first one, but I feel like there's a little bit of a special factor there as well because of the involvement with the member of uh, Gushu's team there. But it's just funny to me because like obviously watching Gushu win and then you win and then being on the podium, I was just still like, all right, some kind of sometimes you don't want to embrace it as okay, these two are dating or engaged or whatnot. But like I was like, you know what? Like, when are you ever going to get a moment like that again, per se? Like I know in I, I kind of bring back Vancouver just for the example of like because it was in Canada, but there was moments when you'd see like figure skating or speed skaters when they were like a couple, and then when one gets a medal, like the other one jumps, I'm like, that's very Canadian. It's at a very Olympic moment. I kind of hope 2022 has like a Jocelyn moment where it's like, all right, both of them win gold. And then there's like this moment. I'm like, yeah, because people would frame that in Canada where it's like, yeah, it's like, this is a Canadian moment that happened or a Canadian history moment. Like, I know I'm not trying to take the spotlight away from you, Jennifer, but it's like, you know, this is kind of a a nice little couple thing that could happen. Oh, for sure. (laughs) For sure it is. And no fans are allowed to go over. So none of our family could go. Yeah. Jocelyn and Brett's first Olympics and they get to be there. Like their special person gets to be there. It's incredible and exciting and even better. They, they get to go in the venue. I mean, all of our friends and family were in Sochi, but they, we couldn't really see them at the venue right after we won because of security and it's just not allowed. So we had to wait till we get to Canada house and, and Jocelyn and Brett can be right there. So it all worked out and I'm super happy for them that they, they have that, because it, it really does. You, There's so many people in our lives that without them, we could never have experienced the things that we've experienced. And I know how important and special it was to have all of our family in Sochi. And so I'm very excited for, for the both of them that they get to share this moment together. Yeah, because I mean, we've had, I think, Laura Walker on when they were doing like in the bubble. And I had messaged her I guess prior to when Gushu won and I mentioned uh, like in team Gushu's case, I'm like, do you get to go over? And she was like, no, I was like, Oh, that gotta be like kind of bumming. Like, you know, you're, you want to be there for your partner and you, you really can't, but you've been there pretty much through everything else through like briars and like, you know, it's sort of one of those moments where you're like, man, this is a moment that I want to be there for. And I just can't. So it's a little bit, I guess, kind of bittersweet in their case where it's like, yeah, both of them are getting to go. And whatever happens, if they get gold, great. If it's silver, at least they're like, all right, well, we both have silver. Like, this is this is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it, it is hard to go over for sure without your without your people and your family, because as much as you're excited for the Olympics for our team, like in the same breath, it's our family is a big part of it, too. So you'd love for them to live through it. But we're trying to make it just as special back home and making them feel like they're a part of all of our success and, and hopefully wins and losses, they're going to be right there for us. So it's, uh, it, it, is it ideal? No, but it's kind of what's happening right now. So I feel like you've had to learn to go with punches and just accept what reality is giving you and just be thankful for, I mean, we're thankful for the opportunity to play. When you knew the moment that you were going to the Olympics, can you take me through that precise moment? Like when you, when you see it and you're like, I can't believe we're going, like, did everything kind of freeze around you? Not this time, actually, because of how we won, we had the opportunity to win in 10 and it didn't happen. And then we won in the 11th when um, the other team missed their last shot. I knew kind of before it hit for sure that we were, that we were going to win. And so I don't think it, it, it didn't stand still like other moments for sure. Like when we won the Olympics, it felt like slow motion. I feel like I could put myself (laughs) back in that situation and remember what it smelled like. Remember what my heart was doing, like all of this, because it just feels like as much as it was 10 seconds, it felt like 10 minutes. And this one was more, I don't know. It was just different. It was just a totally different experience. And I mean, it was a really close game that came down to last rock and but yeah, what I won't forget is hugging the girls after. Like, I felt like I lift Jocelyn up and I felt like I twirled her around for what felt like 10 minutes. And I'm sure it was only a couple few seconds. And the same with like, you know, Jocelyn, Lise and, and Caitlin and Victor. Like, it just felt like I, I won't forget hugging them and celebrating with them and realizing that we had done it, that we had won and that we were going to the Olympics. That So it wasn't really the shot. It was more just the the celebration after and just, so grateful to be able to go with the girls. I know like this Olympics obviously is different than others because of the whole COVID situation, but like obviously to take the kind of the positive from the negative here, but like what kind of things 
are you excited about besides like the curling aspect to experience with Beijing or like when you go over there? Because yeah, it's a moment in itself to go over and represent Canada for curling at the Olympics. But like, are there certain things that are on like your bucket list or things that I know like you can't really travel per se, but like certain things that you're like, while we're here, it'd be nice to like see this or do that. No, not this go round. Not even in Sochi really, actually. Like it's just when we went to the Olympics in Sochi, it was all just about experiencing the Olympics and like the torch and just seeing the rings and yeah. all of that um, and meeting as many of the Canadian athletes as we could, which was incredible, like and hearing their stories and just feeling like your name was in the same breath as all these people that you looked up to. And these games, I think, will even be a little bit m more so because we really can't leave the closed loop system which I'm not sure even what the closed loop system is yet, like where it goes, like if we're allowed to go to the mountain or any of that, like yeah. I, I truly don't actually know. We'll know when we get there. So I think, I mean, ideally we're going to be able to go to some events, like go to some hockey games, go to short track and figure skating and all of those ones that are in the Bay, like in Beijing. Yeah. I think they'll be all part of the closed loop system. So if we can go and cheer on Canada, we will definitely be there. What's different about these games than Beijing is is that the schedule is a little bit more hectic. Not as not super bad, but there was no mixed doubles in Sochi, so curling lasted a lot longer, and so it was just you had a lot more downtime than maybe we'll have in Beijing. But I think it's just bucket list: take a picture with the rings, like everybody <laughs> does. See the torch. I don't know. Watch watch a can watch a can the game. Yeah, if we, if, if we could go to like some of the hockey games, that would be fun. Or cheer on like some of the figure skating, short track, long track. Yeah, I don't even I haven't even looked at the schedule of when those events are and kind of and when we're playing. But we're gonna go and cheer on as many Canadians as we can. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I was looking at like schedule last night. Now I could be wrong because everything could have been like updated and switched, but I believe it was like the women's hockey was like on like 1130 at night in Newfoundland. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll probably be one of the people that watch that and then have to work at seven in the morning. But I'm like, all right, I'll use an excuse to be like, it's the Olympics. How many times do you get to watch like the winter Olympics? So I think like the curling from, I, I'm not, I could be wrong on this, but it was like eight 30 to 10 o'clock our time in the morning. And I was like, okay. I was like, you know, that's probably like nighttime for them over there. But I'm like, I guess they're trying to adjust it to like, you know, try to figure out people's schedule. But yeah, I give them credit because it's like, all right, so we, we've got a mass audience. How are we going to appeal to everybody here? Like, how are we making this work? Because like, in fairness, who's getting up at like three or four in the morning to watch curling? Like maybe you're maybe if a relative or a teammate that's like, you know what? Yeah, I want to look at this or whatever. And then I'll watch it the next day. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, you'd be surprised. I couldn't believe how many people actually watched it live in Sochi because the time change was crazy there too. But yeah. I think a lot of people will PBR it. and But you, you you just feel the love like when you're playing. It's it's so much fun. And it is a pretty drastic time change though. So Oh yeah, and I mean that for I anything. I think it was Pyeongchang was probably about the same. I don't know if it's exactly the same, but probably around yeah. the same. But yeah, our games are mostly like in the morning here or at night here. Yeah, And then there's a couple, I think we only have two that are like two thirty in the morning. I don't what depends on the yeah. time zone, but in the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah. I say that just like, so people don't hop on me now, but it's like not just curling. I mean, for any sport, any yeah. sport that's on like three or four in the morning, it'd be like, Brian, it's like your brother is playing for team Canada. I'm like, good for him. I'm sleeping. <laughs> they'd, be like, they'd be like, he literally phoned you. I'd be like, and again, I told him I was sleeping. I, uh, I think I know my sister will be up. She'll be one of the people that sets her alarm and she'll, she will be up. So I'm feeling the sister love here. Like she's okay. a true fan. That, well, that's good. I want to ask you like, because you do have young kids, I believe it's like nine and five. Yes. So five. like, do, do, do they know, I guess, an aspect like maybe to try to make it a little bit of, I guess, humble moment here, but like, do they know you are Jennifer Jones, the curler, or is it just like Jennifer Jones? That's my mom. She curls big deal. Like, I yeah. think we've, 
Yeah. It's kind of evolving. And they used to actually wonder why their friends' parents weren't on TV because they just thought <laughs> every parent was yeah. on TV. And so trying to explain that to them. And I remember actually we were um, in North Bay for the world championship and um, Isabella was with my, with my in-laws and they went out for something to eat and somebody bought their meal for them. So, and I said, don't you think that's funny that somebody bought your meal? She's like, well, mom, sometimes I'm, I'm on TV too. Cause I like pamper and stuff. So, so, I mean, they live this kind of, um, yeah, interesting life for sure. I think they're understanding it more and more. Maybe not Skyla, like the youngest. I, yeah. She still just doesn't, I'm just her mom. And I've always tried to be like that. Like a lot of, even at their activities, I never would talk about it. And, and then all of a sudden I, I remember getting a text from a bunch of the moms because they saw me on TV. They went to out for lunch and they're in the lounge and they see me on TV and they're like, we had no idea. <laughs> like they didn't know who yeah. I was. So I try to just be my kid's mom for the most part, but Isabella is understanding it more. She actually has to do a speech on a famous Canadian and she chose me. So she's uh, doing some research. Easy enough. It's like, you know what? I'm, I'm looking on Wikipedia now, mom, is this correct? It's like, actually come to the source and I'll tell you. <laughs> I know. So she's, yeah, it's, it's fun to watch them kind of understand and just ask me about some of the awards I've gotten and what they mean and, yeah. So as they get older, for sure, they're understanding more and they're super into this Olympics for sure. Like they, they both understand and they both want to wear all the Canada stuff. Like they ask for Canada stuff for Christmas and they're going to get decked out and I'm sure they'll watch almost every game and cheer as loud as they possibly can. And they're super proud of me, which is fun. Yeah. Cause I was going to say like, it has to be a bit humbling. Cause I know, it's to, to make it my own kind of joke here, but it's funny if you were like walked into like a PTA meeting and it's just like, all right, Jennifer Jones has arrived. Give me my chair. And they'd be like, all right, relax. You're not a curler here. You're just <laughs> someone's mom. But I mean, there has to be times where it's kind of, I guess, like not in a rude way, but humbling where it's like, all right, like I am a mom for so many hours of the day where I'm just the same as everyone else, ordinary. But then sometimes it's like a little bit extraordinary when you're great at curling. But I guess your kids kind of remind you or humble you at some points where it's like, all right, mom, relax. Like, come on. You're just our mom. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever like lost that. Like I've always just kind of <laughs> been their mom. Like I never, I, I still think it's crazy when like, you know, people want your yeah. autograph and all this kind of stuff. I've never, that's still exciting. It's fun. Yeah. Who gets to do that in their life? So I, it's just interesting. Cause I honestly don't really ever bring it up. And then when some of their friends, parents figure it out, it's, funny because they just yeah. yeah they're just why didn't you tell us well yeah like you're, you're like, you're, well, I'm what, mom. like yeah what, just, what did you want me to do just come in yeah. and be like actually so there's skylar and don't worry about her she's fine now you want to interview me because <laughs> i'm and then they'll be like all right geez who knew i want to ask you too just because i'm in newfoundland i do find it kind of interesting for some newfoundland questions here but like in 2005 you were down here and you i believe it's like you won i'm just trying to remember the championship here but like did you guys like celebrate? Cause Jill officer says that you did. And she's like, you went all out and I'm like, all right, Jill, like, come on, you, you don't have to go to PG here, but like, did you kiss a cod? Did you get screeched in? How do you feel about getting screeched in? It was fun. So <laughs> it was, it was our first Canadian championship that we won and we won in a very dramatic way. So it was very, very exciting. So we did celebrate. Yeah. I love Newfoundland. I like absolutely love the people, the culture. I've always felt at home there. And the friends that we made from that championship are still some of our closest <laughs> friends. Like, I just, I love them. Like I love, they're like family. They became family. And how amazing is that? But we did get screeched in actually at the opening banquet. And I actually remember, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, oh, now I'm gonna test myself. Indeed, it is me old cock long made with the big jib draw. There you go. Yeah. As as far as I'm concerned, that's correct. I've never had to get screeched in. Yeah. So we, yeah, we were screeched in and kiss the cod. So I'm a full fledged screeched in Newfoundlander, I guess, <laughs> but we've been back lots of times and uh, it was, it's just a ton of fun there. I love the music. I love the culture. I, I love to visit. So if anytime I have the opportunity to go to Newfoundland, I jump at it just but just tell them when you come that you're already screeched in because like unless you I, like that kind of activity because i mean i listen you wouldn't be the first one to say it i was very surprised when laura walker when i asked her like hey were you screeched? she's like hated it did not like it i'm like you know what that's fair because if someone told me listen before you can actually live here and we call you our own 
these are the three things or so you gotta do I'm like you're nuts i'm like i'm just gonna go to the next province over <laughs> i don't really i didn't enjoy kissing the cod not that's fair yeah but i would I, I would i would call you a liar if you said it was the greatest experience of my life i'm like your husband would not like that <laughs> no no and i think i kept my little certificate just so that i have it for the future so that i don't ever but it, it, it's fun i i love traditions and culture and like i just love really embracing wherever we've traveled in the world we really try to embrace the different culture and try to experience all the little moments that you don't get to otherwise experience in normal life so i i thought it was fun i want to ask you now i know this might be a little bit more of an egotistical question so i hope that you indulge in it but feel free to give your own honest answer but like i feel like canada's in safe hands when we have a 16 grand or a 16 time grand slam uh we've got six world championships three scotties Golds, including the 2005 one here uh, on seats. I believe it was TSN had rooted you or ranked you number one and not just curling, but in women's curling as well. And I was like, all right, I feel safe that Jennifer Jones is going over to represent Canada. Now, obviously, I'm putting a lot of pressure on you by saying that. But like, how do you feel going in? Like, obviously, experience, you said um, sometimes it can play a factor. But going from 2014 to this one, like, you have the experience, you've won gold before. Does that at least ease a little bit of pressure knowing that you've got these accomplishments, like, I guess, in your resume? Yeah, no, for sure. It gives you like some confidence and you understand like what it's going to be like at the event. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's an incredible field. It's a really tough field. It's a great field. We haven't had a lot of competitive games like since we won the the trials just because of situations out of our control. But we're training well. We're feeling good. We're We've had a really... We feel like we've been playing well all year. So all I can say is that um, we will use all of our experience. We will keep curling until they tell us we can no longer curl. We will try our absolute best to represent Canada as well as we can and see if we can we can get on that podium. And we're working as hard as we possibly can right now to be as prepared as we can be. I know, like, obviously, because of COVID, there's different ways to kind of keep you prepared different situations but like i guess in an honest answer do you find sometimes it can be a little bit like mentally draining like you know like you're trying to keep yourself like in shape try to keep yourself like make sure that you're at your peak performance but like are there times where you're like oh my god like can we vary it up can we just do something different like i'm, I'm getting annoyed of the same old same I don't feel like that. I'm, I like, I, I, I'm kind of a homebody anyway. So it's been, <laughs> it's been pretty good for me. I like hanging out with my kids and my husband and watching movies and doing that kind of stuff. I mean, it is challenging. The kids are home all the time. They can't go to school because I can't have any contact with anybody. So even though schools went back in Ontario uh, yesterday, my kids are staying home. So it's, it's hard to balance that because they're young still, like yeah. I need to cook for them and do things for them. And I need to sit down at homeschool uh, with the little one. So it's, uh, yeah, like it's, it's challenging. There's some challenges and it's hard, but I get like, I would never complain. We're going to the Olympics. We're doing our very best to, to be as prepared as we can be and, you know, feeling, feeling pretty good about our plan and just can't wait to get on the ice there. So if you don't mind me asking, like, obviously in this prep, like take me through maybe like a, a week of what would be like the prep involved. Cause I know sometimes when you're looking at like, I'm not big on TikTok. I just never really got into it, but like obviously Instagram integrate or integrates TikTok yeah. stuff over. And then there's times that's like, Oh, let's see what Jennifer Jones posts. I'm like, okay, they're baking. And the next minute it's like, when you remember that you're going to the Olympics or you see like yeah. a sage, the Gemini song or whatever it is. And like, they're doing a workout. I'm like, all right, like Jennifer Jones seems like she's like a cool mom here, but like, tell me a little bit more about like <laughs> what the, what the experience is like when for a week. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of almost the same every day. So basically, um, I, I get up early to have a little bit of a workout and, and, and then the kids get up and then we, we do homeschool. So we kind of get into our routine. We have breakfast. I feel the one thing I feel like I do is make a million snacks. I don't know anybody out there that with, with children, they just want to snack all day long. And when they're at home, I feel like that's all they want. So, so we do homeschool and then we have lunch and we do that. And then, uh, during afternoon break, I go to practice, but it's an hour drive for me because okay. all the curling clubs are closed like and hour, I live in the street. So it's, yeah. no, it's an hour there. Okay. And then I practice and then it's an hour home. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's, wow. it's a lot of driving. 
I drive a lot. And so Brent takes over the homeschool kind of in the afternoon and, but we're big into home cooking. So we've been making kind of everything from scratch, from soups to whatever. So we, we do that throughout the day with the kids. I feel like they've learned so much about cooking during this pandemic. Like, I just feel like they, Isabella, who's just turned nine, I feel like could, she'd be self-sufficient if she had to be, she could do everything that she needed to do. So, well, we do that. And so I go to practice and then I feel like we always have team meetings or like some kind of conference call an interview. Uh, it's, you know, whether you do that in the evening and, and then uh, basically put the kids to bed, Brent and I get about an hour together and then starts all over the next day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then if we have an epic snowstorm, which Ontario had, then we spend the whole day shoveling, trying to get out. So oh. it does, it, it sounds like we do the same thing every day, but it's super fun. And I get to, it's fun for me to watch the kids learn and meet some of their friends and like online and, and just watch them learn everyday things. Like Bella now knows how to make a bed like properly. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, there's been lots of positive things. I mean, obviously there's some challenges and it's hard to, it's hard to get your own things done. And you're, you definitely have to coordinate a schedule. Like we, we can't call upon friends to help with the kids or our family yeah. help with the kids because they're not in our isolation bubble. So it's, it's the four of us tackling the world right now. <laughs> I was going to say, when it comes to like snowmageddon, we had snowmageddon, I think uh, like when COVID first started or so, I think it was like two years ago. Yeah. And I was like, I look at it and like our new stations down here, when they kind of broadcast like, well, Ontario got hit with like 48 centimeters or like certain parts of like Ottawa. I'm like, all right. And then they're like, it's just another day in Newfoundland. Like we get like wind, ice, snow, all in a combination. And some people are like, I'm okay if you want to drop 50 centimeters of snow, as long as it's soft and I can shovel it. Great. But in here it's like, all right, we just gave you snow. Here's some wind and some rain tackle that. And we're like, can you not please? The other thing I want to ask you just like to kind of clue it up. Where do you get your biggest inspiration from like whether it be like a movie a tv show or like someone like one day you overheard someone's like wow that's a really good quote i like that i don't know i just i've always had this philosophy that if you surround yourself with people you totally admire and respect like you kind of get tidbits from all of that so i have some friends that are super successful entrepreneurs that are amazing people and i kind of get a little bit of just their work ethic and thinking outside the box and never giving up like they have this attitude about them that anything is possible and so that I feel like has just, just watching them has really shown me that, you know, you can never do the same thing you did yesterday. It's never going to be good enough. And, and then you look at certain athletes that just train above, above any limits that we thought were possible. And it's like, okay, like, you know, there's, or somebody that's super, a positive thinker that sees all the positive and like, which is probably my mom. She was an oncology nurse. And I just, she's has this outlook on life that I, I just hope that I have, I think I have, and I just want my girls to have, because it, it's about just grateful for every little moment in life. And so that has really helped in curling because it's just every time we travel or we get to play or there's never a lack of gratitude. We're, we're always so grateful for the opportunity. And so it's never been one person, one movie, one show, one song. It's always been just trying to like morph all the little lessons and life lessons or the people that you admire all the things that you admire and put them into one thing and try to strive for that. And, uh, that's kind of been my attitude always. It's just for me, like, why would you look up to one person when you could look up to so many and, and try to just find all the great things and the greatness about them and, and strive for greatness. That's, that's fair. I, I want to ask you too, obviously you have the background, like in being a lawyer, like what kind of drove you to be a lawyer? Cause I know like, obviously I sometimes forget that people have like lives outside of curling. Cause you see them on TV. You're like, all right, that's their career. They're a curler. Cause like, I know Laura's into mortgages. Cause I sometimes see it on like uh, Instagram. I'm like, yeah, how come there's not like a Laura Walker? It's like mortgages by Laura. I'm like, okay, cool. But what made you get into being a lawyer? Was it because you, you were a shy kid? What happened? No, I actually, school was always super important to me. So I was always very studious, um, always did quite well in school and had aspirations to, to do something like a post-secondary degree. And when I was in school, I actually wasn't sure if I wanted to go into medicine or law, but then I had this passion for curling, this darn passion for curling <laughs> that gave me so much joy. And 
I was astute enough to know that it would have been very challenging to go through med school at that time and still com- continue to play competitive curling. So I sat down and I just, I wrote my LSAT and did very well on it and just decided that I really liked business. I always thought, you know, if I could go get my honors degree, like a business degree and, but I thought I'll, I'll just, I'll go get, get my law degree. So it was always with a business hat on. Um, so I'm a, more of a corporate lawyer than, than okay. uh, like, I don't go into the courtrooms or like, I don't, that's, I'm not a litigator. Okay. See, see my, in my mind, when I hear lawyer and I know like obviously TV and stuff makes it so dramatic, I'm thinking like suits. I'm no. like, yeah, it's like Jennifer Jones in suits. That's great. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, I drafted what? contracts, you know, all the like, you know, introvert stuff. But no, you you still meet with with clients and like transactional work. I love that because you were a part of a team and I, I love being a part of a, of a team in sports taught me that. So law actually really fit in well to all of my kind of personal attributes okay. and what I loved. And and then I, I found a, a a company that would support me being a lawyer and giving me the flexibility enough to chase my dreams and super fortunate. I'll never forget. It was Charlie Spiring who really kind of allowed me to continue to have a career and chase my dreams at the same time. And I will be forever grateful. He's one of my dearest friends and I'll be forever grateful to him for that because he's a big reason that I sit here today. Have you ever seen the show, how I met your mother? No, I haven't. Actually. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, like, there's a there's a character in it, and he, I think he's a lawyer. But like, once he tells his other friends, like, even if it's just in passing of like correcting them, he just goes lawyered. And I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> that that would be like what I imagine, like in the house of Jennifer Jones, where it's like Skylar actually says, it's like uh, you didn't do that. It's like actually, it's you don't do that, lawyered. And it's like, yeah. mom, stop, please. <laughs> you know, it's funny because they always forget that I'm a lawyer. Like I still do. I have a, I, I still do practice. I'm a <laughs> licensed practicing lawyer, but we don't talk about that so much for them. Like I'm, I'm their mom and I curl and I'm on TV and I give some speeches sometimes. And so the other day we were talking about, cause Isabella's doing the speech on me. So we were just talking about exactly what I did. And so she, now she wants to be a champion curler and a lawyer. She just wants to do everything I did. Yeah, so it's, just, it's, it's just fun follow, to watch. Follow mom's footsteps. Yeah. Someone had asked like, why was the, obviously 2022 was going to be a highlight for you, but like, what is the highlight so far of your career? Oh, it's hard to top the Olympics. Like it's the- obviously this interview, Jen. What are you doing? Oh, what sorry, are you doing? No, yes. no. <laughs> of course. No, yeah. no. It's hard to it's hard to top the Olympics. It's hard to top standing on top of the podium at the Olympic Games, like listening to the flag and oh, it's just this moment that but I like as far as the Olympics go, the semifinal win is such a big win. I'll never forget that game. And the two world championships in North Bay and Vernon, we were so lucky there in Canada. And phenomenal crowds and then obviously our first win in newfoundland like yeah. <laughs> it was off a spectacular shot and the crowd went crazy so being a part of that moment in curling history was was really cool and it's a shot that's replayed all the time and just the newfoundland fans were unbelievable i think they made it even more spectacular so yeah i can't choose one and i think i'm very lucky that i can't choose one because there's been so many crazy great moments it's funny because when you look at like say a TS, I think TSN has a thing where it's like top 50 curling shots or shots. And I, I believe it's in there, but like one of the ones that I kind of laugh at, because sometimes you got to find it hard to pick like moments. Like I know sometimes they'll try to find bowling moments. I'm, I like bowling, so it's fair. I can make fun of it. But like, obviously the biggest one they have is like, who do you think you are? I am. And I'm like, I really want to see a curler at some point in their career, just have that moment where it's like they, they yell out something and people are like, did that person just say that? And then that just becomes like a TSN thing for like the rest of life. So Jennifer, that's me basically kind of saying to you, if you get gold, I want to hear a moment where it's just <laughs> a like, it's like, who do you think you are? I am. I'd be like, yeah, that was me. I told her to do that. I don't think I could no. ever say that. <laughs> Sorry. No. Well, you could, you could at least like, you could at least like, I don't know, blow kisses to an invisible crowd or like pretend to shake oh. hands to people that aren't there. And then they'd be like, she's in the moment. Let her be. Yeah, well, I will see if I can remember. Hopefully there's like, there is a moment to do that in. If that's fair. Uh, the last question I want to ask you is, I know it's a little, maybe a little bit more bittersweet in this one, but like, obviously through all highs, there are lows as well. Like, what have you taken from something like when you've gotten defeated in curling or something didn't go your way? Like, what's something that you've taken out of that to get to the next level? 
I remember losing a big game early in juniors. And actually, I think it's changed my curling career forever. I was so worried about losing the game that I didn't even actually enjoy it. Like I was so nervous to lose that, yeah, it kind of escaped me and there was no joy out of actually playing the game. And I vowed I would never do that again. And so I can tell you in every single game, big game, small game, every single game that we play, there's genuine joy and gratitude and enjoying the moment. And I, I believe it's why we've been able to perform well in big games for the most part. Like obviously you're going to have your moments, but I think it's added to our success is just having for me personally, like just having that outlook and, and knowing that at the end of the day, it's okay to lose. You want to win, but you don't have to, it's not going to change who you are. It's not going to change a lot of things. And it's just about, let's just go out there and see what we can do and see what happens. And it's added a lot, a lot to my career. Hopefully you'll come back with gold and then we'll be like, Jennifer Jones came back on and she chose my podcast to talk about how great gold is. No, You got it. (laughs) That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Jennifer Jones for coming on to the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. From Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying thank you for listening and good night. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world, and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.